G'day, humans. What's good work? Chris Funder here with Freddy's Alex for another edition of Wrestling Old Style. Alex, are you ready to head to the Superdome? Sure. <laughs> As we talk your choice of world wrestling all stars. Oh my goodness. Yes, I'm very excited about this. Uh, full, dis full disclosure, we're recording a few episodes tonight and I said, ah, oh, Chris, I, I don't know what which one we're going to record next, so just surprise me on there. Okay, good. This is one that I'm very excited to talk about. <laughs> uh, World Wrestling All-Stars, WWA The Inception from 2001. Yeah. Um, why did you choose this? Well, this kind of counts as my uh, Aussie pick. It happened in Australia. There's a couple of Aussies on there. Um, and plus, I watched uh, this tour live the very next night, I believe you said it was. Live. And night two. Melbourne. Melbourne, yeah. And I'm pretty sure we had a Jeff Jarrett Road Dog main event. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was like, oh, let's take a stroll down memory lane, see if I can remember anything. And my God, did you notice the T-shirts people were wearing? Like, they had the crew members wearing the WWA branded T-shirts and had all the wrestlers on the front? No. Oh. Hang on, I'll see if I can find one. Because yeah. when I was a kid, there's photos from my, um, from, I think it was like my, ooh, it would have been like my 12th birthday party. And I'm sitting in the front in front of all my mates. There's a good chance you might have been there. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I'm wearing a WWA The Inception Tour t-shirt at my birthday. And it's a photo mum still has sort of like put up on a wall in, in a spare room in the house. And it's like, WWA will live forever in my household. <laughs> um, no, I can't find the shirt in question. But there is like a tour shirt where it's just a... The logo on a black top. Mm. Wait, this is being sold today by Pro Wrestling Tees? Oh, yeah, it's because of the Conrad podcast. <laughs> really? Yep. They're bringing the brand back just to sell merch, just to sell T-shirts. Who owns it? Jeff, I think. Oh. Okay, then. Well, that's a bit odd. Yeah, it's, it's very odd to me why they bring that up back now. I wouldn't yeah. want one. You might want one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got a little surprise for the humans today because I just pulled something out. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Somebody please think of the children. Uh, have a look at your video scope, and I will describe it to the listeners when I turn this around. Wow. 
It is the official program from World Wrestling All-Stars, and that's exactly what the front of the my T-shirt looked like, with the flames and all of these wrestlers on the front. Um, Isn't there somebody on the front there near the left-hand side that didn't appear on this tour? Yep. Broke my heart as a kid. So I'll go from left to right and describe who's on here. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler. <laughs> Uh, Ken Shamrock, not on the tour. Road Dog in a DX t-shirt. <laughs> Actually, all of these photos are clearly from other promotions. You got Bret Hart holding up the WCW United States title, but if you look real close, they sort of blacked out the WCW logo. <laughs> um, oh, man, if you actually... Like, hold it right up to your face. They've done that thing in Photoshop where you just sort of, like, smudge it. Yeah, that's what they've done there. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, Buff Bagwell, Jeff Jarrett in... They could have at least picked his WCW attire, but he's in his Don't Piss Me Off, like, WWF shirt. you got Stevie Ray in his Harlem Heat attire. Like, yeah... Yeah, like on here, there's just all these profiles for the wrestlers. Buck Bagwell, Jeff Jarrett, Road Dog, Jerry Lawler, um, Stevie Ray, Disco Inferno. Have a look at the pants on him. <laughs> Very odd uh, color choice. Oh, there you go. There's Conan, and they've superimposed the NWO shirt off of his singlet. <laughs> so at least they did that. Yeah, there's Ken Shamrock. Um, got Scream, who is Daphne from WCW and TNA fame. Uh, Crowbar. Devon Storm. Yeah. Uh, Danny Dominion, Adara James, whoever these people are. Um, you got Vampire Warrior, who's in black and white looking spooky. And Luna Vachon, who's in black and white and looking spooky. And then you got some lovely photos of Lenny and Lodi. Wow. Yeah. Wow. They, for some reason, they must have been busy for the photo taking that day. You got Nathan Jones on here. Hooventu <laughs> um, Guerrero. Psychosis must have been busy for the photo shoot. And the Harris boys must have been busy. Uh, rather not talk about what they're probably busy doing. Um, but yeah, uh, I found this and I was blown away. But here's the bit that I enjoyed seeing the most. There's this letter for the fans about their mission statement and all that. It's really long. I'd ra <laughs> rather not like read that out. But I want to... Look at this young whippersnapper that wrote this. <laughs> it's uh, JB Jeremy Borash <laughs> looking absolutely dapper with his spiked up gelled hair. Uh, looking very 2001, that's for sure. Um, yeah, so I was recently doing some cleaning out a couple of weeks ago and that's when I got the idea to review the Jeff Jarrett podcast that we recently did and after i found that program and um 
And then I was like, bugger it, let's go one step further. Let's let's watch the whole show. So let's just dive straight into it, I reckon. Yeah, uh, from October 26, 20... Wait, no, 2001. Yeah, 2001, I guess. The brain sort of went, uh, error. <laughs> uh, it is the Inception tour. Uh, to date, there has been four previous matches untelevised before this initial pay-per-view. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> this pay-per-view uh, kicks off with uh, Bret Hart coming down to the ring, who is the uh, commis- commissioner, I think is the word they use for him, of uh, person in yeah. charge sort of uh, on-air authority figure. Yep. Um, yeah, sort of cuts a really long promo saying, WWF, I was never been for the title. WCW, I was never been for the title. So this is the true world championship. Yeah, and it's just like this, like, <sighs> boxing title. Like, it's one of those old-school, like, boxing belts. Like, it doesn't look like a wrestling title at all. <laughs> no, I was going to bring that up later, but, uh, yeah, it does look more like a boxing, a kickboxing championship than it does a wrestling championship. Um, so, uh, announcers are Jerry Lawler, who left because his wife was fired, and Jeremy Broash. Coming from coming from WCW, um, commentary throughout the night. I think of all the pairings you could have made of the free agent commentaries, this was a really good pairing. Um, now yeah. Shivani, Shivani had said what that he was done with wrestling once WCW closed that he didn't want to go to WWF. Uh, he said that. He was open to go to WWF, but after a few months and he hadn't heard from him and he'd called him a few times and they didn't call him back, he was like, all right, it's time to move on. Yeah, so by, this would have been around that time in October, so he's doing yeah. other things. Uh, who else was like the final sort of commentary team in WCW? Uh, Mark Madden was on commentary. No. Uh, yeah, big no from me. Um, Scott Hudson was actually a pretty decent commentator. Um, Mike Tanay, the I professor, guess. the professor, Mike Tanay. He wasn't really doing too much towards the end of WCW on commentaries. Mainly like Mark Madden, Scott Hudson, and Tony Schiavone. Um, what about yeah. for on? WWF, anyone notable who left because ECW is what just Joey Styles and where's he at this point in October of 01? I think is this when Joey Styles heads over to what are they called? XPW or whatever? The company based in California that tried to be the next ECW. Okay, uh, so he's gone over to them. Yeah. It was ran by a couple of. uh, Let's just say adult film directors. Oh, so, that, that project, yes. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it was... Ex- anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, 
But yeah, so Joey Styles is there, and in terms of WWF, there wasn't anyone that had left besides Jerry Lawler, and you'd be stupid to not try to get Jerry Lawler and swoop up on him in 2001. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think the pairing here, other than some of the remarks that do not age well, (laughs) (laughs) uh, as we'll get to, but this pairing works really well off of one another because, um, and Borash here is doing the uh, Andy Coyne job of also doing the ring announcing while commentating. So you've got King who's got all the knowledge of the uh, former WWF guys. You've got um, JB who has a great knowledge of all the WCW guys and it, it, it makes it feel really natural and it's, surprising this is like a first time commentary team yeah definitely um it it is really funny to sort of look back especially if you didn't know about wwa to find out that jerry lawler and jeremy borash have done a done a pay-per-view together like i'm sure if you had no idea about wwa you would think that's absolutely crazy but these two had great chemistry i thought JB plays a perfect sort of straight man for Jerry Lawler and Jerry Lawler just does Jerry Lawler things and it's pretty amusing at this time. It was before it was before he sort of um before it sort of sounded like he had no idea who anyone wrestling was anymore. So so it was before he got to the uh, old man yelling at cloud stage of his career. Yeah. Uh, they've also got Stevie Ray as backstage interviewer throughout the night. Yeah, and uh, that might have been a bit confusing to you, I'm sure. But he was on commentary for a while at WCW towards the end. Ah, uh, I see you know your Stevie Ray well. Yes. Um, He's more yes. than just about slapjacks. Yes, uh, he was doing, for Thunder, he was doing commentary, and for Nitro towards the end, he was doing backstage interviewing. Yeah, I thought that was, um, he was good in that role uh, for the limited bits that I have seen him in WCW, so it's a smart choice. Yeah. Uh, doing always, that here as well. I always love um, Stevie Ray's backstage interviewers. Like, oh... It's never, oh, the people want to know this. It's always like, suckers got to know. <laughs> suckers got to know about why you did that today. It's just very funny. Suckers got to know. So uh, as we go through the night here, commentaries running down like some of the um, matches coming up and then uh, Borash is going, and the Champion will be crowned in the main event. The seven deadly sins is still cage match. The Kings go, shut up. We haven't got there yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, now. Oh, gosh. Should I just get straight into the, uh, the first match here? Yeah, let's do, let's do this. Let's do this. this. Oh, man. Um, they had crowned a champion 
before on the house shows. Now, I'll bring those up afterwards if you like, once we've gone through the entire show of what happened on the four house shows before this. Yep. So, uh, because there was uh, some title changes, I'll do that after this show. So, kicking off tonight, we saw the match for the uh, the ladder match for the vacant WWA International Cruiserweight Championship, which is also a quarterfinal match in the World Heavyweight Championship tournament. It is Juventud Guerrero versus Psychosis. This was what you expected from these two guys. This was a great high-flying match with a ladder. What do you think? Yeah, I thought this was a good, fun match. Um, yeah, just very WCW-style opening. Let's throw out a couple of luchadors and let them get the crowd off real hot here. And, yeah, they didn't fail, that's for sure. Well, it's um, something that TNA... Uh, impact global force and for now um and wa other letters failing me company has used throughout its history putting on the uh the junior heavyweights the x division the light heavyweights uh whatever you want to label it put it on the uh flip floppy high fly guys to uh hype the crowd for the show yeah um really good match here only goes the eight minutes with uh, Juventud Guerrero getting the win here over Psychosis, um, unhooking the belt, but as he does, uh, he drops the title and also falls to the mat and the referee's checking on him. So uh, more on that later. Uh, second match here was for the... Uh, was another uh, first-round match in the WWA World Heavyweight Championship tournament which is also a dog collar match. Yes, because every tournament match must have a stipulation. It's a seven deadly sins, man. Yeah, I get that now, as it yeah. is. Conan taking on the road dog. Um, this wasn't good. No, this was real bad. This was horrible. Um... I get, I get the joke here. The road dog versus K dog will put him in a dog collar match. Very funny, very creative. But this is a baby face versus a baby face in a dog collar match. This is not how dog collar matches are meant to work. Isn't it supposed to be so the hill can't run away from the baby face? Yeah. Um, also, I don't know how they were tying the dog collars to one another, but uh, Road Dog's collar kept seeing the uh, fall off throughout the match, so much so that King was questioning whether it was on when he won. Yeah. Um, not a lot went right with this match, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, uh, five minutes. Oh, sorry, four minutes. It was what it was. Um, Thumb sideways. Was it entertaining? Yes. Was it entertaining for all the wrong reasons? Also, yes. Yeah, like, this should have just been like a promo battle when it goes on to the next round. That's where these two guys' strengths are at this point in time. What about your next match is a hardcore match? It is Devon Storm versus 
screaming Norman Smiley. Perfect. One of the most underrated parts about WCW in their dying days was the hardcore division with guys like Crowbar and Norman Smiley just entertaining as hell during that time. Yeah, so for the uh, the listeners out there in the audio realm, uh, Crowbar is uh, Devon Storm. Yes, uh, part of that strong Storm family lineage from your oh. Tim Storms to your Lance Storms to your James Storms. And they can all kiss my ass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tony. God. Um, You're forgetting the best one. Oh, God. I've got late brain. What is it? From Perth, Western Australia. Oh, of course. The Godfather. Davis. Yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. Davis. Yeah, how could I forget? Because it's late and we've had yep. a beer. <laughs> yep. My, um, in my case, about five. <laughs> but uh, a fun match here. Um, a lot of plunder, a lot of sort of brawling around the ramp, a little backstage and in the crowd. Uh, goes around 10 minutes with Norman getting the win here. Did you notice Norman Smiley's, uh, like, promo photo, I guess, when they... Uh, Sharp the name graphics because there's no proper Titan Tron. I don't recall. Because he is in a Australian Wallabies Guernsey. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And then he's wrestling in a Sydney Kings jersey. Yeah, you picked it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get why, but uh, sure. Uh, it's It's kind of what he used to do in WCW, like... He used to, like, do hardcore matches against, like, big guys like Bam Bam Bigelow and, like, Meng and stuff like that. So he'd come out in, like, full football uniform, like, American football uniform with the pads on and, like, the full outfit. And because he was a heel, he'd wear, like, oh, your favorite team's most hated team, and he'd come out in that uniform. So now he's a babyface. He's just wearing... Oh, local sports teams uniform. Yay. You know to boo. Uh, you know to cheer me now. Yay. Yeah. Let's yeah. put him over in Seattle. Uh, uh, what is it? Sonics. <laughs> Top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, still sore. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, following that, match number four on the card is the WWA World Heavyweight Title Tournament. But... Before we get there, Bret Hart's backstage with uh, Stevie Ray and Bret Hart says he's throwing the the match open to everyone. Cameraman, referees, commentary, guy selling hot dogs. <laughs> so Stevie Ray goes, can I enter? And Bret Hart's like, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> I don't have the entrances all listed down here. but <laughs> I do. Um, go I... ahead, sir. I don't have the order of entrance. But there is uh, Buff Bagwell, a few unknown people that it's listed as, just some extras, I guess. Uh, yeah, there's uh, some a couple of referees, Devon Storm, Disco Inferno, uh, someone called Graham Young, who, oh, that's one of the referees, Jeremy Borash. Jerry Lawler, 
Norman Smiley, Security Guard, Stevie Ray, and Timekeeper. And let's not forget the two that are left off there. You want to talk about these guys? No, you can. Uh, bananas in pajamas? No, it's the fruits in suits. It's the bananas in pajamas. <laughs> the fruits in suits, man. Oh, God. And they got like these banana and pajamas outfits, and the faces on them look terrifying. <laughs> like they're just so cheaply made. Like instead of like the banana heads like sticking straight up like how they should, they're like sort of flopping and like folding over their faces and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the joke being that earlier in the night, Disco had requested some suits to help him because he was getting mugged and uh, I think it might have been during the Norman Smiley show uh, hardcore match he came out and he asked for his security to come out and it was these two guys yeah yeah um, I don't remember if the ABC ever took legal action against them no because they kept saying fruits in suits fruits in suits <laughs> Yeah. Like a couple of times they let it slip bananas in pajamas, but they mainly said fruits in suits. The faces looked a little different. I don't know. It's just one of those sort of trying to skirt around copyright things. Yeah, yeah, I suppose as we'll um touch on a bit more later, but uh Oh jeez, uh <laughs> it is something that is uh, needed to be seen to be believed uh, but oh, who was uh, who's the uh, battle rule come down to do you have the last four entrants here uh, last four eliminations uh, I do not uh, uh, it basically comes down to Buff Bagwell and Disco Inferno are the last two I believe yep and Buff Bagwell gives Disco the old throw out of the ring, and Buff Bagwell moves on. Yeah, so uh, Buff advances there from the Battle Royale position. Uh, we we is... had a we had a fun little bit during that match where Crowbar sort of got eliminated. Oh, Devon Storm got eliminated, and he joins commentary for a bit because. Uh, Lawler goes, I'm getting in here. I'm going to have a shot, win the title. And you know what, JB? You're going with me. <laughs> yeah. So there's no one on commentary for like a good two, three minutes. And Devin Storm just sees his chance and goes. Yeah. yeah I'm on commentary. And he's doing his best uh, Gordon Soley impression. It might have went a bit over your head, but he's like, and uh, he goes with the ha hammerlock there and uh, eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just uh, very good, like classic, like 70s commentating from Devon Storm. I thought it was very funny. Uh, probably should have mentioned earlier, too. It's very audible, and you can tell uh, 
commentary is being played over the speakers in the arenas too. Yeah, yeah, I'm guessing that's just from the era that it is. There's no way that they set up to split the audio capture. No, no. So, um, yeah, the people in the arena can hear the the commentary too. So you would, like, occasionally get little bits where, like, the crowd's actually laughing at the commentary instead of, like, paying attention to the ring. Yeah, a lot like um, Wrestle Rock when um, the commentary there tries to get in a cheap joke and the crowd's, like, into a match and then all of a sudden they laugh and the wrestler's like, what? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and that's fine for Wrestle Rock. It's a small venue, not as many people. This is a company that's trying to be competition to the WWF. Fair point, fair point. Uh, yeah. Match number five of the night was the final first-round match in the world title tournament. It is also a guitar and a pole match, which sees Jeff Jarrett versus Rove McManus's good personal friend Nathan Jones oh man that backstage promo with Rove and Nathan Jones <laughs> man it, like Rove cuts a pretty decent promo and then he's and Nathan Jones just standing behind him looking tough <laughs> and then Rove's like oh come on let's go and then Nathan Jones just looks at the camera and goes yeah and walks away <laughs> Oh, like so bad. Uh, yeah, I I enjoy Rove in this role. Um, yeah, Rove and Jeff have had a really long uh, working relationship. So, um, even when Jeff would come out to do uh, various publicity tours and that, he'd always appear on Rove Live. So, it makes sense for that. Yeah, definitely. That sort of started the year before this when Jeff Jarrett showed up promoting the WCW tour in the archives, by the way, humans. Real deep in the archives, if you want a review of that. Yeah. Jeez, I forgot about that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is an all right match. Um, as expected, Rove sort of gets involved, um, but... Jared gets the upper hand here and wins. Yeah, yeah. This was a, a good way to sort of protect your monster baby face as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. having the weapon involved and all that. Um, yeah, th this was fine. Uh, it's as good as a Nathan Jones match could be. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, that's fair enough too. Uh, following that is the beginning of the second round, which sees a three-way match of Lenny Lane and Lodi uh, versing each other, and the winner of the the winner of the first round, the Road Dog, because Hooven Two is injured and unable to compete. Yeah, so for some reason, Lenny and Lodi, I uh, get it. Thrown into this. Sure, why not? Um, do we need to touch on the segment beforehand involving these guys with King? or Because it does not age well, does it? 
No, uh, these two guys have a, a read between the lines, humans, a flamboyant gimmick from the early 2000s, read between the lines. Jerry Lawler being Jerry Lawler, that's all you need to know. You yeah. can just figure it out yourselves. It's, yeah, not worth talking about. <laughs> yeah, uh, match goes less than four minutes. Road Dog outsmart- outsmarting the other two men here to... Uh, squeak out the win. Uh, yeah, I, I always thought Lenny and Lodi were actually really good in the ring. Um, they just got saddled with a gimmick that just doesn't work. Yeah, that's true. Just, too. Yeah. Uh, second semi-final is a lumberjacks with straps match of. Buff Bagwell versus Jeff Jarrett. Okay, I guess. <laughs> Bit of a odd stipulation, but um, sure. Yeah, I hated this. I thought it was um, just a real weird gimmick, so unnecessary. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought this was pretty rough. <laughs> Yeah, I'd I'd have to agree with you. This was probably one of the the worst matches on the on the show in my opinion, just because you had two guys who could do stuff, but they were uh chained down because of what this match had to be. Yeah. Um and some of these lumberjacks, it's like their fourth appearance on the sh- on the show for the night. Yeah, so if you had someone like uh, let's say Disco, for example. I'm not sh- sure off the top of my head if he was a lumberjack or not, but you would have had him backstage. You would have had him come out with the fruits. You would have had him in the battle royale, and then you, had you would have him had him commentary in. for a bit too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's a there's a few of them who are all over yeah. the show. Yeah. What about this match, Alex? Your hardcore rules match of Vampire Warrior. Def- uh, versus Luna Vachon. Yeah, Vampire Warrior, the former Gangrel. Um, so this was billed as like, what do they call it? Something about like a black wedding or something like that. Um, yeah, the black wedding match. Yeah, so these two had just got married and they wanted to celebrate it by having a hardcore match against each other or something like that. Yes, yeah. uh, this was their idea of a honeymoon was the gimmick, and they just wanted to beat each other up. Uh, it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Um, I've always been a big fan of Gangrel. Uh, it was like the coolest thing ever as a kid, like seeing him come out through the fire. And I always enjoyed Luna as well, just because she's such an over-the-top character, and this is probably the right role for both of these people on a show like this. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, following that, we have the dark match for our North American viewers, <laughs> but is still on tape. If you're an Australian viewer, it is the four-way skin-to-win match, aka King on commentary. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. 
I uh, had no idea who any of these people were. <laughs> Adriana James defeats Queen Bee, Sharon Awad, and Violet. I'm assuming these are all, uh, well, Adriana James, aka Poison Ivy, is a wrestler from Michigan in the US. And uh, Shannon Awad is a. Uh, Danny Dominion in Danny, drag. Yeah. <laughs> and then. Dominion in drag. We have no idea. Like Queen Bee and Violet don't have links on cage maps, so we don't know who they are. No. <laughs> yeah, this was. Unless they're in your guide. Violet is listed as Violet to Rossi. Yeah, I'm like almost certain that they're not even on this guide. Adara James is on here. Danny Dominion is on here, but that's it. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. We can't find out anymore. Sorry, humans. I guess they might have been two local wrestlers at the time. Maybe. Maybe. We're going to find out later. Yeah, that was Shazza McKenzie and Madison Eagles. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, it wasn't. It's way too early for... (laughs) Shazza? Shazza, I think it'd be too early for her. Yeah. Madison <laughs> is hard to say. Yeah. Because... Uh, only kidding humans, but yeah. <laughs> it'd be, like, really funny if we find out later. Oh, it's, you know that Australian wrestler? Yeah, it's that person's mum. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um basically was what it was for the time. Yeah. Next match. Is the main event for the vacant WWA World Heavyweight Championship in a steel cage match. Oh my god, it is the chosen one versus the road dog. Um <laughs> No? Can can you like Look at this roster and pick a better, more exciting main event. Okay, hang on. Oh, I'll do that afterwards because I already have one in mind. Yeah. Um, This was fine. Um, Jared is busted open late in the match of the steel cage match here. Um, Now... Ref, I think the referee's down at one point as well. Does Jeff get his guitar in? Yeah. Yeah, he... He gets his guitar in. Ugh, it's just an absolute cluster and way too long of a match for my liking. <laughs> Do you want to know the sad thing is? It's the it longest wasn't... match on this show and it's not that long. Yeah, I know. But it feels long. Um. Goes just over 10 minutes. Longest match the entire night, bell to bell, with Jeff Jarrett winning. Afterwards, uh, a pissed off Bret Hart comes down, but he lays out Jeff, puts him in the sharpshooter, and uh, sort of goes up the rampway. And we see uh, Bret sort of uh, staring down with uh, Jeff Jarrett as we go off the air. 
And uh, what would happen on the next show with uh, Bret Hart? <laughs> um, I'm not sure what would happen. Wasn't he gone? Uh, I think he was. He came back for one of the pay per views. There was one. There was one that was in England, and he showed up for that one. Hang on. Hang on. Yeah, making me get through the archives again. Fair enough. Yeah. The. Uh, yeah. Corruption. Uh, oh, is it just the house shows in England? Uh, it might have no, it wasn't the England one, it was the Las Vegas one. Sorry, yeah, yeah, it was the Las Vegas one because Scott Steiner was meant to be on that. No, it wasn't Scott Steiner, I can't remember. Savage, Savage was meant to be on that show, and he had to come out (laughs) to open the show and tell the crowd. Because I watched the second pay-per-view. I watched about three of them on YouTube. And he comes out and cuts his promo. And he's like, oh, by the way, Randy Savage isn't going to be here for your main event tonight. And the whole crowd just boos the crap out of him. And and he's like, but I I know someone that will be a perfect replacement and the crowd starts to go nuts. And he goes, no, 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 it's not me. I wish it was me. It's not me. And then the crowd starts booing again. And he goes, oh, but the main event will be Jeff Jarrett versus Brian Christopher. Grandmaster Sexay. Uh, I was just looking at something. Do you know who replaces Bret Hart as WWA Commissioner? Sid, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Sid in a moon boot, I believe. Yeah. Yes, he did. Okay. (laughs) So, um,. Oh, bring him in. Oh, someone needs to make that man a general manager in 2021. Yeah, you know, you would bring him in. And he would boost our ratings. <laughs> now, um, I was going to say the uh, championship results that happened on the uh, the house show circuit before this event. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Nothing from Perth. Or Adelaide, we go to Canberra. Uh, vacant World Heavyweight Championship match two nights before your pay per view. Two, three, I don't know. A few <laughs> nights before the pay per view. Uh, main event of the show saw uh, the Road Dog defeat Jeff Jarrett for the vacant title. Oh, man. Uh, go the. Uh, two nights later, up to Wollongong, which sees, uh, where is it? In the heavyweight championship match at the main event, it is the Road Dog, the champion, defeating Jeff Jarrett. Insane. So then you get to this show, and there's a vacant 
her the championships vacant and hasn't been awarded yet. Um, also, where are my notes? Here we go, here we go, here we go again. Hardcore championship. Oh, God. Hardcore championship, uh, which only ever happened once, just uh, October 25th in Wollongong. The match between uh, Danny Dominion and uh, what's his name? Devin Storm for the WWA Hardcore Championship where uh, Crowbar, Devon Storm won, but the championship was never mentioned again. Bloody hell. Uh, just having a quick look over the uh, Cruiserweight Championship here. And uh, yes, indeed, we see Herventu Guerrero in the first show in Perth defeat Psychosis to become the inaugural champion but then the championship was declared vacant on October the 23rd, so it could be defended as part of the Seven Deadly Sins tournament, which Herbin 2 then won against Psychosis again in a ladder match. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah, uh, so this title goes Herbin 2 vacated, Herbin 2 Psychosis, Eddie vacated, AJ Styles vacated, Jerry Lynn, <laughs> Chris Saban, and then unified into the X Division title. Yeah. Uh, that is an absolute Hall of Fame like title lineage though, like looking at these guys. What like, Do you want to know the world title then? Yes. I am actually currently looking at the, the every single WWA champion and I would say <laughs> I would say it's Hall of Fame worthy. <laughs> uh, so Road Dog vacated. Then Jeff Jarrett, Nathan Jones, Scott Steiner vacated. Lex Luger, Sting, Jeff Jarrett unified in with the NWA world title. Holy cow. Um, now you had asked me, how would I make a better, um, a better main event for this first pay-per-view. I would have had Nathan Jones in the opposite side of the bracket. So he'd run through. He could have um, had a buy. Oh, no, I wouldn't have done that. I would have had him face the winner of the Battle Royale. So then that's like the first round match. Then have him beat up whichever cruiserweight goes through. Yes, that's killing your cruiserweight champion, but you also don't put the title on the line in this tournament. Then yeah. you have him make it to the final. In the other half of the bracket, I'd have Jeff beat... Jeff beat, Jeff beat, Jeff beat. Hmm. Road Dog or something first round, Conan. Yeah, beat Road Dog or Conan first round. Which then would leave, um, I guess you'd put like Lenny buff. and Modi or Disco in there. Maybe Buff. Yeah, or Buff, and then have him go to the um, the final. So it's Nathan Jones and Rove against Jeff Jarrett. Rove's on the outside, the steel cage, trying to coach Nathan. I think yeah. that'd be a much better. Yeah, definitely. Main I, event I and future building as well. 
I would have had Nathan Jones win that battle royal. Oh, yeah, that's simple booking 101 for a giant. Yeah, I would have had him win that battle royal, win another match. Because, like, Nathan Jones is essentially a no-name at this point. That's so, probably better than what I was doing. Yeah, he, he doesn't have an opponent in the first round because he's in the Battle Royale. Then he's yeah. got to go into the semifinals, wrestle the Battle Royale. So that makes sense. You put him up against maybe Conan. So it's like a bigger guy to give him some credibility going into the main event. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a Conan or maybe like, I don't know, Disco cheats his way into the semis. Give him someone that's a bit chicken shitty. Yep. Someone okay. that can probably, like, get squashed in a few minutes. Yeah, and would you have pulled the trigger on Nathan Jones against Jared in a steel cage? Uh, well, look at my history of booking on Fugs. No, I wouldn't. I'd get some heat, brother. Yep. Yeah, uh, I, I would... I would make, like, this whole promotion around the chase of Nathan Jones uh, trying to get that title that he got screwed out of by by Jeff Jarrett. In an ideal world, I would have had a rove turn on him. One joint forces with um, Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would have done. I would have had rove waiting for... Nathan Jones as he goes to climb out that cage door or something and just whack him with Jeff Jarrett's guitar. That's what yeah. I would have done if it was Fugs. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> now, I suppose the sort of Phoenix company to this is WSW with the model they use to, uh, to run, having a lot of internationals come over doing a four-city tour two, three times a year pre-pandemic and uh, not really uh, being a true Aussie promotion, but sort of this uh, global super indie based in Australia. Yeah, I think like the way WSW does it is probably the better way to do it than WWA tried to do like globally. Yeah, to take it everywhere, uh, to put it on pay-per-view and all that sort of stuff. Um, I have no idea what the pay-per-view buys are, are on this, but I doubt they were very good. Ooh, I'll have a look because I'm still subscribed to The Observer and see if it'll pop up. Um, World Wrestling... All stars. Would they even have that information released? Um. Yeah. Because um, I, I guess Foxtel's a publicly traded company. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the cable companies would. Yeah. Bleacher uh, Report. Just having a quick look now, seeing if um it does pop up with the buy rate, but I can't see it at the moment. Um, 
There might not be be one on here, I'm sorry. Pay-per-view events. But I don't think it'll pop up. Uh, it says here listed attendance here for Sydney Superdome, not Silverdome, Superdome <laughs> is uh, 8,500. Yeah, and I'm just trying to have a look at capacity, 21,000. <laughs> not good. Um, yeah, I can't find a pay-per-view um, buy rate for that. Uh, yeah. I'm sure if I delve deep enough into the the uh the the um oh what the hell do you call it? uh newsletters I could find it. But I can't find it whilst I'm on air here, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Um yeah, I would just assume it's not great. <laughs> um yeah, overall, this show like had a couple of bright spots. That cruiserweight ladder match was a lot of fun. I I personally had a lot of fun and a bit of a giggle with the battle royal. I thought that was very fun. Everything else was a bit tough to watch. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, and here's the thing: this is a new promotion, and what? Just under 20 years later, we'd see the same sort of thing with Bret Hart presenting a new championship on a pay-per-view. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Where, uh, except they, I'm talking AEW, split it. So there was a battle royale to determine the first number one contender and a ranked singles match to determine the second number one contender to meet at the next pay-per-view to determine the inaugural champion. Um, oh, man. Imagine if they did the Seven Deadly Sins tournament instead. Ugh, bring up dead. Cody. They'd be dead on arrival. Um, don't, don't worry, humans. I've taken note of the Seven Deadly Sins tournament. I hate you. <laughs> um, I think the roadmap... AEW users is a lot more to put it uh, cinematically Marvel whereas the roadmap WWA were using was Star Wars sequels to say there was no roadmap (laughs) (laughs) very Uh, good very good sir uh, so dare we go beer ratings because uh, we've seen what uh, what the old uh, cage match gave this one. Yeah, not great. Um, hang on. What was it, two and a half or something? Yeah. Yeah, two, two and, and a half. half out of ten, theirs is. Yeah. Uh, I'm, gu- I'm going to have to give it one and a half. And half of that is for the Battle Royal, and one of that is because of the ladder match. One for the ladder match. One for Rove for everything except one line, which doesn't age well, but it was the time, which uh, was, he's 
so talented how he has not been asked by anyone else to do this. I don't know. I don't know if it's a respect thing to Jeff Jarrett. I don't know. but Or if it's a cost thing or if the guy just doesn't want to do it anymore. Like, how? How is... No, he's Melbourne. Wasn't he Perth for a bit? Yeah, he was from Perth, but when he was doing his talk show, he was in Melbourne. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. God damn it. Um, yeah. What's, what's he doing today? Making money off the project. Because oh, it's his okay. company who does that. Yeah, that's true. That's Man, it. I miss watching Rove Live. That used to be the best. What was it Tuesday nights? Probably. I don't know. Yeah. I forget things. Remember when John Saffron put a curse on him? No? No, I don't actually. Oh, uh, man, I forgot all about John Saffron. I used to love that. Um, oh, man, that's right. He was in Finding Nemo, Rove. He voiced a crab in Pixar's 2003 animated film Finding Nemo. Wow. There you go. So he hasn't really done too much since then. He's done a bit of radio, tried to come back with TV, but hasn't really taken off. Well, he does Hoobians on ABC. Right. That's the only one I know him from. It's like uh, Talking Dead, but with Doctor Who fans. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, it's all right. Um, what the hell was I saying? Oh, yeah. Second point, uh, fruits and suits getting thrown off the steel cage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, did we know that McManus was part, part owner of WWA, according to his Wikipedia? Rove? Yeah. Where? Oh, no, I've read that wrong. Part of the former WWA, not part owner. All right. Sorry, I was going to say, does it say his family member is part owner because it's also a McManus? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea if he's related. That's what I was trying to find out by looking at the personal life section in his Wikipedia. Um, they do make specific note in his Wikipedia to say that McManus is also a lifelong fan of professional wrestling, having interviewed both Ric Flair and John Cena on his talk show and has managed wrestlers as part of the former WWA promotion, which for some reason I read that as part owner of the WWA promotion. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I don't remember Ric Flair being on Rove. It would have been during a Hulkmania tour. Might have been during that. It could have been like it, for one of the, the WWE's house show tours, maybe in the mid 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, enough about WWA. Where can the good humans find you? 
You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Fruity is Alex. You can find us at Wrestle Ozstyle with an AUS. Search us up on Facebook, Wrestling Ozstyle, and you can find Chris at. I'm Chris Funder as well. You can go back and listen to the entire Wrestling Ozstyle archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Weekly Wrestling Rap Wednesday on YouTube, or using the RSS feed found in the show notes below for your podcast of choice. Nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll speak to you next time. What the? <laughs> Say hi to your mum for me. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Remember when Peter Hellier was funny? Not Remember really. Strawny? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Strawny He's had its moments. He was one of the best recruits Collingwood ever had. Maybe <laughs> yeah. if Buckley had kept him on the playing book, oh, God. they would have had a win. And cancelled. Oh, no. Nah, nah. Now I'm going to get angry messages off Warwick. Thanks, mate. <laughs> you see, what they should have done is not spent money on The Rock and John Cena and the Bellas and whoever else. Who was it? Carmella? No, nah, Carmella hell? was Carlton. AJ, AJ. Scott, AJ was Collingwood. Ooh. Oh, yeah, he's a summon boy. <laughs> Keep him. It makes sense. <laughs> but, ah, oh, terrible. 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 Should have kept Strawny.